Hi everyone, we've got Che Moya on this interview, and he lived abroad for a total of seven years, two in Korea, five in Thailand, and some interesting things happened to him along the way. He's also got a list of great recommendations as far as how to find cheap flights, among many other things. So I'm going to turn it over to Che. Alright, thanks. The three biggest reasons only 10% of students study abroad. They're afraid of being homesick, they don't think it's safe, and the number one reason people don't study abroad is cost. We're here to dispel all that, find out exactly how that 10% crafted their study abroad journey, and how you can too. I'm Chris Carlton, and this is the Study Abroadcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Study Abroadcast. I'm here with the edu- Education Abroad Coordinator at University of Michigan Flint, Che Moya. Che, thank you very much for being here. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Great. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to promote our U of M Flint programs. No, yeah, you're welcome. I'm happy to have you. So can you tell me a little bit about your experiences living abroad and, and kind of your background and how you got to where you are today? Uh, yeah, so I taught ESL for 15 years. Uh, seven of those years were abroad. I did um, some teaching in Korea, and I w- lived in Thailand for a while. Okay, how long were you in Korea and Thailand? A uh, total of about two years in Korea and then about five years in Thailand. Oh, wow. Where in Thailand were you? Bangkok area, mostly. Bangkok? Okay. Yep. And are so, you... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, are you from the United States then? Yep, I'm uh, born and raised in the uh, middle of part of Michigan. Okay, so, all right. Um, yeah. yeah, and then, well, could you tell me a little bit about your time teaching there? Like, So you were just teaching English in Korea and Thailand. Why did you switch from Korea to Thailand? It sounds like you did Korea first, and then you moved to Thailand. Why Why? Why the switch? Oh, it was just a, trying something different. Uh, I was younger then and wanted probably to have more adventures, I would say. Also in Thailand, um, I met my wife and we got married and then we had a son and so we wanted to come back to the United States. Oh, so you met her in Thailand and then you got married in Thailand too? Yes. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And yeah. then, yeah, of course you wanted to raise your kid here. Uh, that's that's what we wanted. Yeah, it was. it's it's a personal choice for everyone, but that's that was our choice. So. Now, while living over there, did you learn how to talk Thai or speak Korean? I'm okay with my tie. I can talk with the taxi drivers. Um, yeah, that's Korean that's... was a little bit harder. I was just starting to read a little bit when I left Korea. Okay. Um, yeah, they're completely different systems. So sure. Um, yeah. So, what did you? Can you tell me a little bit about when you were over in Thailand and Korea? What foods do you miss most from both of those countries that you can't just walk up down the street? I mean, I know there are Thai restaurants, I know there are Korean restaurants, but there's just something to say maybe about like a like street food or something like that. What do you miss? Oh yeah, the street food in Thailand's amazing. Um, gosh, uh, well in Korea, I miss the um, as far as street food, the duck bokki was pretty good. The so, what? What was it called? Duck- Duck bokki, it's like a rice uh, in a tomato sauce. As far as I can tell, I'm not quite sure I ever knew what it was, but it was pretty good. Um, and then there were all these, there were there were different kinds of proteins on a stick, so <laughs> that's that's always good. Um, yeah. In Thailand, the food does not compare. You know, even some of the street food in Thailand is better than some of the restaurant food here. It's it's just not the same. Really? Thai restaurant food, yeah, it just doesn't compare. Because it's just so fresh over there, and it's so part of the ingrained in the culture. Yeah. Nobody really has a kitchen in their apartment, so no. they're eating on the street or eating out a lot is a is a basic, it's a basic everyday thing. 
And it's cheaper too, right? It's way cheaper. Yeah. Okay. Cheaper. I mean, you could have the best meal of your life for under five dollars. Right. And it's it's yeah. And yeah, what, it's what uh is there like so during your time abroad is there any is there any time some like you got in a pickle or or a bind or something where like something went completely wrong traveling is there a story like that you want to share? Yeah, those things happen all the time. Um, maybe one time we went to uh, Cambodia from thailand and we were going to angkor wat and then uh we crossed the border and it's diff- right away it's a different uh at that time it was a different um border crossing and so we were going to walk to the uh the nearest guest house and you know just take a look around look at the parks or something in the in the, in the border town and we couldn't do that because we were essentially mobbed by children that were just coming up and kind of being a little bit you know um too curious I would say. So it was kind of, we had to walk back to the guest house and right. uh, kind of exit ourselves from that situation. And then we got on a 15 hour uh, minibus trip to Angkor Wat. Okay. Wow. 15 hour minibus trip? On dirt roads. Wow. <laughs> so it's, it's an adventure. Yeah. Well, t- tell me about this minibus. What is a minibus? Like I've heard of, uh, taking coach buses but what's what is it like a mini school bus or how how is the it, bus it's a vw van if you know what a vw van is yeah it's like a vw microbus and then they'll you'll have like it's, it's a basic mode of transportation in southeast asia for instead of uh buses they'll just have mini buses okay and you put maybe 15 people in the bus and travel around right and what do you um how so? Since you returned home back to the United States, how did living abroad affect your view of the world? <clears throat> um, it definitely opened my eyes um, to how spoiled I am here in the U.S. because uh, the rest of the world does not live um, with all the things that we have sometimes. So um, I just feel grateful for some of the things I have sometimes because you know the rest of the world doesn't live like that. Yeah. And now let's flash forward to um, Flint. That being said, sorry. That being oh. said, though, they're not living uh, unhappily. There are different forms of happiness and different, you know, different qualities of life. That, yeah. Um, well. Okay. Fine. So, can you give some examples of us being spoiled? So the choices we have. So when when you go to the restaurant here, you'll have like thousands of choices, and then when you go, you know, to other places, there might not be um, as many choices in a in a in the grocery store or, you know, choices of medicines in the pharmacy or just, just sometimes basic things. Right. And so now you got back and what made you decide to, uh, start teaching or start being the education abroad coordinator at Flint? Uh, there was a position open. And so I had a lot of experience uh, with international students and it was part of the international center. So I fit right into there. Okay. I'm pretty good with, you know, systems and working systems out. So yeah. So stu- let's say a student walks into your office and they th- they think to themselves, "Well, I don't really know if I should study abroad or not." What do you tell them to get them to kind of take the leap of faith and go? Well, that would be the best uh, choice they could ever make for their life, really, because it's a it's a career builder, it's a personal character builder, it's um, it's something they'll never forget. It's something they can tell their family about, tell their children about. You know, if they have children, it's um. It's really, um, you know, it, it sounds cliche, but eye-opening experience is what, you know, 
a lot of people say. And it's, um, it's for young people, I think it's a great um, experience builder. Okay. And it does, does Flint do anything different or special with their study abroad programs? I know everything is different at every school. Is there anything unique that Flint does? We have a lot of different programs all over the world, and then we have a lot of um, different funds that can help students go. So we, we help our students out a lot with the funding part. Um, so we have um, different um, programs for our School of Management. Some students get um, free uh, free scholarships to, uh, to Europe. Uh, we also have uh, relationships with schools in South America and Asia. So we, we help our students out a lot more than I think the other schools might. Do you have any recommendations as far as like a app or a travel blog or anything like that you want to share? Travel blog. Well, we use, we, we, all of our health and safety goes through geo blue insurance. So we use U of M's uh, health and safety features. So geo blue is like a good, um, overall travel insurance that our students have to take. And there's an app that comes with that, that it'll show like prescriptions in the local language or where their nearest hospital or clinic might be. So that's something we use that our students want. We want them to take advantage of that. Okay. And is there anything else you want to add? This that we have um, two kinds of programs here at U of M. We have like faculty-led programs, which are like a, you know a class abroad. We have like um, three credits basically in like three to four weeks when students uh, can take a class abroad with a faculty member, and then we have you know like direct exchanges where students can. For the same price of the classes at U of M Flint, they can take those classes at our exchange, right? Uh, exchange universities. So I'm I'm pretty sure that's standard standard fare at most universities. It's just you know we offer those as well as third party providers. No, I'm actually I'm actually looking at this backing up a little to your time in Thailand and Korea. Can you tell me a little bit about what your living situation was like in both places? Yeah, I was never um, I never felt unsafe. I guess um, I always felt like safe and um, it would just be uh, studio apartments in both places because in Korea it, the standard of living is pretty high and so it was you know shared apartment um, or and or had a studio apartment and then in Thailand I had a studio apartment and the price in Bangkok now though is so expensive I, I could probably couldn't have what I had then really so the prices have rised a little yeah yep prices have risen been, yep Okay. Have you studied abroad? Yeah, I studied abroad in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Okay. All right. And then w- one year, two years? Or? Uh, One semester. Okay. All right. Yeah. How, how did you like that? I liked it a lot. Yeah, that's why I'm doing the podcast. I thought studying abroad did wonders for me as far as All my right. career went and everything I learned there. So, yeah. Did you get to go to the soccer games or the football games? Or? I, yeah, I, I, well, I think I went to the, yeah, I went to this, I don't know what we call it, but I went to the soccer game. Yeah, a few of them. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I think that's big there, right? Yeah, it is. It's pretty big. So, yeah, so um, we don't, we have in South America, we have something in uh, Peru. We have uh, Isan University in Peru. So we, we try to open up to more spaces, but we don't have the capabilities that U of M have. We're kind of our own entity. And so we're building on that. I mean, it's only we've only had an office for ten years for for study abroad. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not oh, really, so that's fairly new, huh? Pretty new. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's all I have, Che. Uh, unless there's anything else, is there? I ask people, do you have a book recommendation that you want to share? 
a book. Well, we I always use Lonely Planets when I travel, so I, I just like the Lonely Planet series. Um, so if if they're gonna travel, I'd say a Lonely Planet book is a good thing. Okay. Um, even the Lonely Planet app. I don't know the Thorn Tree. If you are you familiar with the Thorn Tree for Lonely Planet? No. Wait. What is that? Lonely Planet Thorn Tree is like you can ask up to date questions of people that are already abroad. So it's it's just a forum. And you can okay. just put your you can put your question on there, and they'll answer like, "Hey, if I take a bus across town in Buenos Aires from here to here, what's the best bus?" And I mean, the people that are on the ground there sometimes answer. You know, it's it's. it's what's the name of, a, of it again? I'll have to link it. It's Lonely Planet Thorn Tree. Thorn Tree. Yeah, so I I have students. I mean, I recommend that. I don't, you know, U of M Flint doesn't endorse it. It's just recommended. Okay. Lonely, Lonely Planet Thorn Tree Forum, and then um, do you know Scott's Cheap Flights? No, with Scott's it's, cheap flights. Scott's cheap flights. They send emails uh, to you for free of like what's on sale that day, and some of them are like really good sales, like Europe for three, four hundred, something like that from 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 you know the United States. So Scott's cheap flights is a good free service. You don't have to do the paid service, and the okay. paid service is only thirty five a year, anyways. Oh wow! So the paid service you can have it. Um, you can have it exactly on the airports you want, and they'll send you all the updates for those airports like every day. So all yeah. the sales and uh, I'm looking at the site now. This is pretty cool. Yeah, Scott's cheap flights is really good, and you know, U of M Flint doesn't endorse it. I got to say that it's just I, I recommend it to students because it's you know, Europe for four hundred or Asia for five hundred. I mean, it's a good deal. These are round trip tickets. They're usually round trip tickets. They'll tell oh, you wow. They'll tell you. They'll have um, they'll tell you all the information. They're really friendly about it. So it's never, okay. They've never steered me wrong. Um. Okay. Yeah, those are the two recommendations I have for students. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you. Those are very helpful, too. Yeah, sure. I've never heard of this thing. Okay. Well, Che Um, Moya, everyone. Che, thank you very much for being here. Guys, give me an honest review on the show. Let me know how I'm doing. You can connect on social media for new interviews. Che, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again soon, okay? All right. Thanks, Chris. All right. Appreciate it. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to check out all the really neat infographics on the rest of the posts as well as the interviews. There's a lot of good information. You should also download Studying Abroad 201. I really recommend it if you need kind of a fire lit under your ass for studying abroad and you need some motivation. It crafts my journey and exactly what I did. Also, we can email you new interviews or you can connect with us on social media. All right, thanks a lot.